She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 3. Terminus. Part 1. Welcome, everyone, to our season three wrap up. This is something we do after every season of the X-Files. We look back at stuff we said or didn't say during our episodes or forgot to say or talk about things we might have changed or just general impressions and just kind of go over the overall feeling of season three and how we felt about it. The very, very rare need for a correction, possibly sometimes. Yeah, just stuff that comes up. You know, sometimes (laughs) after we record, we think of things or learn something new or whatever, and we have to bring it up. Yeah, because we are lifetime learners. We are. We are. I will say that I feel like I have a lot less this season than I did for seasons one and two. And I don't know if that's a function of this season being relatively better, in my opinion, Or if it's also just that I've gotten better at organizing my thoughts before we record. And so I don't have as many of those, oh, I should have said this, Um, which still happens because we get into discussions that aren't part of our notes and stuff. And we talk about things or you bring something up and I'm like, whoa, but I just I feel like I've got less of that this time. So I don't know why that is, but we'll see as we go. We shall see. Maybe I'll throw some crazy old (laughs) surprises at you. We'll see. You never know. It's totally possible. Yeah. So we're going to start with some just numbers because everyone loves math. Uh, They should. I mean, honestly, I mean, I love (laughs) math. I don't know why other people don't love math. But yeah, we just have some, you know, like kind of things go. We rate episodes, right? So like, you know, obviously you correlate all those and you come up with an idea of what you thought for the season. So my, because I'm going to start with me because me. So my original ratings, my mean, what we normally call average. So take all the numbers, add them together, divide it by the number of episodes. My standard first impression average was a 6.167. Wow. Really, really a six with a bar over it because it's just six, 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 six. So, yeah. So this is definitely my highest. <laughs> Your highest rated season so far. Yeah. Yeah. Because my season two was a 4.67. My season one was a 4.88. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jumped five. I'm like, nope, five. You're done. Don't need you. So although that's not really true, because then my adjusted average is a 6.458 for season three, whereas in seasons one and two, my adjusted averages were a 5.29. And then a 5.0. And the adjusted comes from the fact that we change our ratings later because we we go back and we decide that (laughs) maybe we weren't fair to an episode or something maybe was worse than we were thought or whatever. So we change those around. Corey bullies me over Messenger. Yeah, I just I send him gifts of Skinner without a shirt until he agrees to change his rating. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she makes me change it first. Then she sends me the gifts. Oh, there we go. Yeah, she won't. She holds out. She'd be like, if you want us, I got some hot Skinner chest action. And if you want to see it, you need to change that rating. And I'm like, oh, fine. All right. So, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Corey's original average 
was 6.875. Nice. Ooh, pretty high. And then her adjusted numbers were a 7.042. Tori breaks the seven ceiling right through it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense because this has definitely been my favorite season. So, yeah. Tori's lowest ratings for season three were three, both her original and her adjusted. My original lowest was two, and then my adjusted lowest was three, which kind of gives you a clue on maybe something I changed. My highest rating was a nine in both, and Tori's was a 10 in both. Mm-hmm. And then we have the exact same mode on our adjusted number. So the number we use the most, Tori's was an eight in both cases. Mine was originally a seven. And then when I changed the seven to an eight, it flipped it and went to a eight, which also tells you that my two highest numbers were seven and eight because my modes flipped depending on whether you use my original or my adjusted. So I adjusted six episodes. I adjusted all of them up. Uh, five of them were adjusted by one point and one of them was adjusted by two points. Those episodes were The Blessing Way went from a two to a three. The List went from a seven to an eight. War of the Coprophages went from a three to a four. Grotesque went from a seven to an eight. Jose Chung went from a seven to a nine. And that's entirely me just not paying attention to what was going on, really, because I did not (laughs) look at historic numbers. And then Quagmire went from a seven to an eight. So those were mine. Nice. Tori also adjusted six episodes. She adjusted five up and one down all by <laughs> one point. Yeah, I docked one. I don't know if you guys yep. can guess. You probably can guess <laughs> which episode lost a point. The ones that she adjusted were Clyde Bruckman. She moved it up from an eight to a nine mm-hmm. to match my rating. Mm-hmm. She moved the walk down from a four to a three. To match mm-hmm. my rating. <laughs> Obliette went from a seven to an eight to match my rating. <laughs> Syzygy went from a seven to an eight to match my rating. Well, to be fair with that one, I just <laughs> felt bad for docking at the point because they killed a cat. I just think it's they... funny because we joked about how you bullied me into changing all my ratings. And then it's like you changed. But mine actually match yours. Yeah. A lot of yours actually match mine. It just yeah. wasn't fair because I didn't dock Quagmire for killing Quag. So I'm like, well, I can't dock Syzygy for that then. because Oh, fair. okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because you docked it for the dog thing. Yeah. You didn't like the dog. I docked thing. it for the cat because the cat died in Syzygy. But I didn't dock Quagmire for the dog. It was was a dog in Syzygy. No, it was a cat. It was a dog. I thought it was, was it Mr. Whatever a dog? Yeah, that was the dog, but they killed Detective White's cat. Oh, I forgot about Detective And that is why I docked at a point. Oh, I forgot all of <laughs> You blocked out the cat trauma, but like I yeah, Well, because I we have the skeleton for the dog. Yeah, so you're confusing them. But whatever. yeah, no, that's why I docked it. And then I was like, well, that's not really fair though. So I have to kind of give it that point back. So I, I did. forgot. Yeah, because they do we also do get a dead dog in that episode as well. We just never see the dog. We only see mm-hmm. yeah. We did see that's the kitty. Right. Yeah, but we did see the kitty live. We only saw the dog's bones because the dog died off screen. 
I forgot about that. I mean, the cat died off screen too. Thank God. Because well, that would well, have lost yes, it a point. But I, but I mean, like, we saw. <laughs> yeah, we saw but I know what you Although mean, we never yeah, saw we the sh- cat's bones. We just, it was just implied yeah. that the cat died. We saw the cat so. and it's, we, we're told. But I yeah. was sad about the cat. But then I was like, but that's, I gave it the point back. So that's why okay, that yeah. one got I forgot up. all about Detective White's cat. I was just locked onto the dog mm. that they found in the thing. And that was like the one girl's dog. And so we were confused because we're like, well, then who killed it? Because she seems upset. And so, yeah, I forgot all about the cat. Ooh, man. <laughs> yeah, I must have just totally blocked that out of my mind. Anyway. Yeah. And then also you adjusted grotesque from a six to a seven, which is closer to my reading. Mm-hmm. And then you moved avatar from a six to a seven. Yeah. So. I felt like I maybe lowballed those a little. So. Yeah. Because my succubus theory just sucked you in (laughs) it's a good theory it's a good theory it's a good theory it is yeah so that's pretty much all for numbers really nice there well there is a little there's a little bit something else here and this has more to do with just not so much us but you the listener (laughs) because there is some weird stuff going on with two parters so we actually have a three-parter when we start this season out, right? Because Anasazi, the last episode of season two, is like the first part, and then The Blessing Way is part two, and then Paperclip is part three. So we really have mm-hmm. a three-parter. But if we're only counting season three, then that's kind of like a two-parter. So The Blessing Way, 6.5% more of you listen to The Blessing Way than listen to Paperclip. So like you guys listen to Blessing Way was like, Oh, hell no. And like, didn't listen to paperclip. So, <laughs> which to be fair, after the blessing way, I honestly don't blame people. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> not fairness, our episode, paper, but paperclip is a better episode. It is. But I mean, like I say, all our episodes are great. And some of the bad X Files episodes were some of our best episodes. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. But, and our episode numbers do vary. I, uh, Tori explains that because people tend to listen to the episode they like. Like, if you like this episode of the X Files, you can listen to our episode on that episode and the converse, right? If you didn't like that episode of the X Files, maybe you're not going to listen to us talk about it. Again, you really should because we're entertaining. <laughs> so, episodes aren't consistent, but for two parters, you would think there would be some consistency. So, that's really weird. Paperclip, which has less listeners than Blessing Way, has like 10% more listeners than Anasazi. So like that one, like you guys didn't listen to Anasazi that much, but then suddenly people jumped onto Blessing Way and then we're like, oh, what was I thinking? And then didn't listen so much to Paperclip. <laughs> not big though, like 6.5, 10%. That's yeah, a, it's not huge. Not I mean, a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, it is weird, but it's not that big, you know. Stranger is the two-parter Nisei and 731. 24%, almost a quarter more people listen to Nisei then listen to 731 huh do you guys listen to Nisei and we're like don't need to know the rest maybe the <laughs> plot was just so predictable you're like I know what happens and didn't bother don't know <laughs> weird right and then the biggest one is Piper Maru and Apocrypha 40% of you listen to Piper Maru and then did not listen to Apocrypha. Or I should say 40% more people listen to Piper Maru than listen to Apocrypha. <laughs> weird. That is Very interesting. Weird. It's interesting that people are just like, okay, I've heard part one. I don't need to hear part two. 
Very strange. Very yeah. strange. We got a little of that early on when we had like our um our Dwayne Barry and Ascension episodes were like that for a while, where more people were listening to one than the other. For a while, more people listened to Dwayne Barry, which I was like, well, of course, because Dwayne Barry is a superior episode, so why wouldn't they? <laughs> and then it kind of and then it kind of flipped, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then it has pretty much now they're they're roughly even now. Things kind of stabilized so and endgame and colony endgame and colony are crazy because they are basically the same for a while one was above one was and then they kind of flipped and now they're basically they're basically flatlined there's not any really significant difference between them but for some reason the season three two-parters you guys were like hmm. anyway <laughs> yeah that's so funny just, to me that's just strange i don't understand <laughs> so y'all's crazy but i love you so thanks for listening anyway yeah we appreciate whether you just listen to one random episode or you just listen to your favorites or you just listen to the ones you hate because you want to hear us rag on those and hopefully we're ragging on the ones that you hate and not the ones you like but who knows yeah i mean i'm (laughs) sure i do i'm sure i do the latter more than people would prefer but but either way we appreciate whatever you want to listen to it just is interesting that a lot more people would listen to part one and then not part two i don't know how that works when i listen to podcasts like this i do tend to skip around to like episodes that i either really didn't like or didn't but i'll listen to a straight season too like i'll listen to like the whole season i usually do that when i'm first listening to a podcast because i want to see like how the hosts feel and kind of feel out how their opinions relate to mine but i mean i'll i'll definitely go through the whole season too so i I guess it just depends on your mood or what you're doing or yeah also our early episodes aren't i mean they're good but they're not as good as they are now because we know what we're doing now because we've gotten better. Yay. Yeah. Anyway, so enough of that. Now we're really done with numbers. All right. No more numbers, except when numbers come up. Except for what, you know, the number of the episodes, right? We have to talk about those. Yeah. But So episode one and two, we're going to talk about together. So we'll talk about the two parters together when we talk about them. So Tori, The Blessing Way and Paperclip. Yep. We kind of know how you feel about those. Yeah, I feel like, so this is the thing is like, I feel like I pretty much covered all this in the episode. My complaints are the same. I wish they had given us some indication of how Mulder survived that train fire from Anasazi. Anything at all would have been good. And I also think they could have cut a lot of the dream stuff out and shown us literally anything else like Skinner grocery shopping, Scully folding her socks albert making dinner i would have loved to see just albert and his family eating dinner or something i don't know just throw something else in there but yeah i don't know <laughs> but yeah like we talked about in the episode there's a lot of filler in the blessing way and then paperclip kind of picks up and finishes strong so it is what it is yeah i mean that's my big thing with those and i think i said it when we talked about it, it as well, yeah. definitely like after paperclip was that it needed to be more than one episode but it did not need to be two episodes. Yeah. Like it, as it was written, it definitely you could not, if you tried to cram it all into one, it would be like, oh my God, they like should have split this into two episodes. But it wasn't enough for two episodes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, like you said, like we on the fly wrote a way better survival scenario for Mulder, like just off the top of our heads in the episode. And they did nothing. Like they owe us money, technically. <laughs> I think so. Um, or at least, I don't know, Chris Carter owes me like an ice cream cone for my trauma of waiting all <laughs> summer to find out how Mulder survived 
And then we get the episode and there's literally nothing. There's no indication at all. And I just, yeah, should, you know, buy me and my brother some Baskin Robbins or something for. Our and I think you should demand suffering. interest. So I think he owes you a, like a <laughs> franchise of Baskin Robbins. <laughs> pretty much think what the inflation rate would be. Yeah. Well, I, I would so. take a Baskin Robbins franchise. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I would just take an ice cream cone or even just like, I don't know. A t-shirt like, that says apology is policy like or something. You have like a 50% coupon for Baskin-Robbins? <laughs> Tori really wants some Baskin-Robbins right now is what she's trying to tell Honestly, you. ice cream sounds no. so good right now. I think because it's <laughs> actually sunny for the first time. Like, it's been sunny the last couple of days for, like, the first time in weeks. And, like, it's not freezing cold. And it's light out past 5 o'clock in the evening now. And so I'm just feeling very summery, even though it's only February. So I think ice cream just sounds good. Those are all things that make me grumpy. So... <laughs> not cold it's sunny yeah anyway <laughs> i am phil i am the groundhog i Punks want my six more weeks thank you very much <laughs> yeah i did have a question though i was thinking about this as i was writing my notes because obviously we know we're going to do a wrap-up right so we start thinking about like larger issues and what have you after Mulder's recovery do like isn't do they like the site just just like they never talk about it again right it just disappears no one do they talk about like they like they throw a bomb in there like to catch it on fire and then Mulder shows up in some rocks. But like, do they ever try to go back? Like, is the train car gone? Like, what happened? Do we ever talk about it? Or is it just like, oh, I think it's it just on, destroyed. It and fire. so I think they just yeah, I think it's all any evidence that was there is now gone because it all I mean, burned. It was, so I guess there's no it, reason. It, it, would take more than that to get rid of it okay yeah yeah. i was just just like wait do we ever talk about it again do they you know because like when we get to 731 right they talk about like they went there and like all from where the car exploded was all gone everything was gone right Mm -hmm. and it made me think about like well wait what happened with uh paperclip did they try and go back and then it was gone or do, do they just totally forget about it the way they did that Mulder was trapped in there I don't remember. I don't think they talked about it. I think we were just, yeah, they burned it. So we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they try and go back. Okay. And then, of course, we talk about this in the episodes. It's like, why would you, why would you bury it? Why wouldn't you just burn them then and destroy the train? Why would you bury it? It seems weird. So, yeah. Plus, anyway, paperclip, not, not high up on the list. So, (laughs) episode three, DPO. DPO. Yeah, I don't really have anything for DPO. I think, again, I said it all in the episode. It was solid. Oh, you're really killing our season wrap-ups with your efficiency, Tori. I told you. Okay, well, note for season four, you need to be less efficient. So we have something to talk about <laughs> at the end. Okay. I mean, Jack Black, woo! Jack Black. You said that in the episode, Tori. I anyway. did. <laughs> I do need to watch School of Rock again. I was thinking about that movie the other day, and I'm like, I need to see that one. It's been a while. That's a good movie. Okay. As with a lot of these, the only thing I thought, and this is something that becomes, it happened in, in previous episodes as well, season one and season two, but season three seemed to be one where I really, really noticed it, where the killer's behavior seems to make it almost implausible that no one was suspicious beforehand, right? That figured out they were mm-hmm. doing it. And then also, as soon as Mulder and Scully arrive, the death count just like skyrockets. Like, you know, it was like, oh, there have been like three deaths in the last six months. And then they show up and like five people die. 
And you're like, whoa, like you really cranked up the knob there on the killing. So um, that is something I noticed that seems to happen repeatedly. Like it'll be like, yeah. there's, there's one or two disappearances or a couple of mysterious deaths and they show up and like three or four people will, will be killed off in the episode after they arrive. Mm-hmm. I get they need to have something to do, but it just seems like their arrival almost like makes things worse. Well, in some ways it might, because if the killer knows that they're, you know, especially in DPO, like he knows they're kind of onto him. And so that does create situations where he has to like cope. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it does ramp up a little. I think that happens in procedurals too, though. Like they'll get to the, you know, they'll start hunting the killer. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, they did three in three months. And now all of a sudden there's three in a week. You know, it's it's just yeah. very common. Put a pin in one episode in particular. So Quagmire, I want to bring this up again, the death ramp up. So episode four, Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Yeah, it's a really good episode. I think my one thing is just to clarify, like, I did think Mulder had like a book about reading tea leaves because I've seen those books. If you go into like a magic shop or whatever, you can buy a book on how to read tea leaves. So like I get that it was a joke now, but like I did think he literally could have looked in the cup and discerned something. And I don't think that means that he's psychic or just means that he read a book about tea leaves, which I think is a thing you can do. Um, Also, I think like when I was caught off guard by the like the sex joke and stuff, I think it's because I was trying to figure out how the murder happened. And that just really threw me off. Like I'm a mystery reader. I watch a lot of procedurals. I'm always like, how did the murder go down? And that totally like confused my concept of how that murder would have gone down. So it threw me. And that was my my big thing with that is that it just kind of put me off balance in terms of trying to figure out what the killer was doing. Okay. I mean, I kind of have nothing really to say that I didn't say in the episode. I mean, we all know that episode kind of did a whammy on me at the end. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a good episode. I liked it there. I am going to mention something that actually is not related to this episode, but is a Darren Morgan thing that kind of puts a spin on something because this was his second episode correct i think so because humbug was his first right and then like he kind of came up with the idea for blood but then darren morgan like tweaked it or, or he came up with it for the hosts was it the host well i thought he played the host he I did but was... i think he came up with the idea too and then okay i thought it was blood but anyway yeah there was one episode where he kind of came up with the idea but then his brother and james wong kind of like did it because he hadn't worked on one before but then humbug was his first full script that he had written mm-hmm. i was reading a book that i got and w- they were talking about humbug and darren morgan's script for that and they said something that i in hindsight i'm like of course but they don't bring it up in the episode and it kind of changes the whole episode a little bit and i kind of wish they had focused more on that instead of going for like the ghoulish sideshow thing they went with for that episode was that the reason why Leonard was going around, was leaving Lanny and going out trying to get people and was killing them Mm -hmm. was because Lanny died of liver damage, right? Because of his drinking. 
that's why Leonard was going out and looking for new hosts to live with because his brother was dying and he didn't want to die. And so that's why he was like always like he was trying to like burrow into people to live with them. And of course, then they would die because they weren't set up for that. Right. Right. But they played off more of like, he's just going out, like killing people. And they, you know, he kind of has that speech about like, Oh, my brother was leaving me, whatever like that. But that was the, like it gave Leonard like a reason for what he was doing instead of just being like this weird, supposedly like, you know, an, an underdeveloped twin, but then they turned him in like to like a horror show monster, basically with like claws and sharp teeth and all that kind of stuff. But it kind of gave him like a reason for what he was doing, which I thought was interesting. It made him more than just a little sideshow horror monster kind of thing. Yeah, that would have been cool. And, like I, I didn't think it. I read that. I'm like, holy crap. That explains why he was doing what he was doing. <laughs> because his brother was dying and he didn't want, he realized that if brother dies, he was going to die. So he was trying to find a new place to live. He was trying to find somewhere to go. I was like, holy shit. But they never, <laughs> that never comes up in the episode at all. I mean, I guess you could put the pieces together, but yeah, that was actually like, that was the reason for what was happening. And, but it never comes off across the episode. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So. Yeah. I think Darren Morgan has a very, I think he's really interesting to me as a writer. And I mean, I talked about this a little about how much I think he probably influenced my style of humor and like writing and storytelling in one of our episodes, but I also think that he's also one of those people who thinks about the really horrific like tragedies in the world a lot. And I think he uses humor to cope. And I think a lot of times maybe he overcorrects into the humor because like that makes it more palatable than just telling a really depressing story. But he always does have those little bits and pieces about life and like the darkness of, you know, just living and being a person. And I think that's really interesting how that's kind of a thread through all his stories, even though all his stories do tend to kind of skew funnier. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that, like I said, that has nothing to do with this season, but it was just no. like, it just, it was like another perspective on that episode that I was like, yeah. Oh, because then it, 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 it kind of like the, like I said, that was one of my issues with humbug aside from the constant series of like non sequiturs and just jokes, and that kind of stuff was that like, it didn't really seem to have like a reason for anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, and then they turned what is supposed to be like an undeveloped twin to basically an actual like movie monster, right? It was an inhuman creature is what they made it out to be in the episode. But then you have this perspective of like that, you know, you have a motive sort of. Right. What, well, and your brother's an alcoholic doing. who's killing himself by self-medicating. So, yeah. And so you you want to live, right? Survival. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was like, oh, but yeah, we never, but we never get any of that in the episode. So, yeah interesting anyway so then we have (laughs) episode five of season three which Mm -hmm. was the list yeah which is one that i forget now did we both move that one up or did i just move it up we both originally gave it a seven i moved it up to an eight okay okay what made you change your score there just i think thinking about the next episodes that came along and where it fit yeah, I just I think it, I think I think it worked. I actually don't have anything to say about this episode in my notes. No, me neither. So. Me neither. Because again, I think it worked. I mean, we talked about our, our minor issues when we talked about the episode, but yeah, it's good. 
It's a good one. Yeah. I it didn't it made me itch like crazy with all those <laughs> flies and stuff. It was a very itchy episode. But it it worked really well. I mean the acting in it was really good. Yeah. I mean, I think there were just a couple of things about like how like the prison would work that we were kind of like, well, it really worked that way. And yeah. Like or just like him going after the the poor lawyer guy, how that was kind of a yeah. bummer because like that guy tried his best. But yeah, otherwise. Yeah. Although, I mean, good. that's how I mean, that's how, you know, that that could be a real thing, you know, it could be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I think. Yeah, I think just in in looking at other episodes as I went along through the season, and was like, oh, I think this, and then like just looking back and being like, you know what, I kind of, I think this probably needs to be up there a little bit. So yeah, so I moved it up a little bit. So I tend to, I tend to always move episodes up when I move them. I think I moved a couple down in the past, but usually I'm yeah. I'm reevaluating real like maybe I was a little too harsh in the moment. So yeah, well, and I tend to like I I've said before, I I'm really stingy at the beginning of a season with ratings. I tend to be a little stingier, and then later I'm like, no, that was really good though. I should give that some more credit. Yeah. So then we have episode six, which was too shy. shy yeah, shy. again, so. much better than I expected it to be when it started. <laughs> No. When it started, I was expecting something really bad, and actually, that turned out to be a pretty good episode. So, yeah, funny because I was listening to our last terminus, I was preparing for this just to remember, like formatting and what have you. And uh, you were talking about fresh bones. How similarly, when we came into that, you were like, <laughs> "The premise for the episode," and then you were like really surprised on how they flipped it and turned it around. So. Yeah, yeah, it was less, but I mean, it was, there was definitely a little bit of that. Like, oh, it's going to be about how fat people are unlovable and gross, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, yay, go X Files. Yeah, and just knowing the plot, you kind of expect like, oh, but yeah, it wasn't that bad. The only thing I think about this episode that really I have the only note that I have, and I mentioned this in the episode, I think in the end when we talked about it, was like the amount of effort he puts in is way out of proportion for the results like he's doing way more work than he needs to mm-hmm. to get what he needs to survive i know why don't just go to like a liposuction company or something because that was really popular in the 90s like you can well, just... i mean maybe it needs to be like, maybe a living person like maybe he, he he technically needs to i mean like the killing a person is a byproduct of that right can't help it like i would if i could do it without killing you i would but it's going to kill you so sorry just because the chemical reactions and what have you. But yeah, it just seems like you could just random people, like you could just find people on the street. And why are you putting all this effort into dating sites and just everything? I mean, unless like there's the physiological need he has. And then also, I mean, maybe he's also, you know, got some head stuff going on and (laughs) he gets off on like diluting people and like, their fear and that kind of and it's like you know making maybe people who especially because the way this episode is kind of set up like a lot of the people he's seen like don't have really great self-image right mm-hmm. they don't think about themselves that highly kind of because of society and body issues and that kind of stuff and so he's making them feel better and then he takes it all away like does he get off on that like is that some kind of weird kink that he has of like maybe some form of yeah psychological torture kind of thing on top of it that has nothing to do with the physiological needs he has but it's just something that he also has on top of that like we don't really get a lot of that but like that would be the only way that what he's doing would seem to make sense 
otherwise he's doing way more work than he needs to he's spending weeks cultivating these relationships just so he can kill the person when he could just like as he did in the episode when one of his things fell through right he just went out and got some person off the street and killed him like why wouldn't you just do that all the time I don't know. I mean, that's a, <laughs> it is kind of a staple in procedurals that there's that killer who's like hunting people through the one ads or through the internet or speed dating or something. I mean, I don't, you're right. It's a lot of effort to put in and, you know, depending on your reasoning and leaves a trail too much effort and it does leave a trail. And that, that is the part that's, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors, although he does move around a lot and change screen names which in the 90s was probably enough to obfuscate your crimes from the police. Actually, today yeah. that might be enough to obfuscate your crimes from the police. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it is a lot of effort going in. You're right. 100%. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good episode. I think we both rated it higher than we, we thought. Yeah, than we both expected so. to for sure. Yeah. So then we have episode seven, The Walk. Yeah, I... So part of why I don't have as much this episode possibly is I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to fix this episode. Like I kept, (laughs) I just kept thinking there has to be a way, like maybe Rappo can have just gotten back. And so his wounds are fresh and his like unit left him to die or something. And maybe like Willie Garson's character like came back for him and that's why he trusts him. And then like, maybe we could open with one of the guys at the house fire. But then I was like, but that's, that's even more depressing to watch. Like that. Cause I was trying to make it less like awful in the beginning. So like you could, you know, like, but then you don't want to see like the kid and the wife screaming while he can't get in the house. I don't know. I could not come up with a really good way to make this episode work. Like it just, I think like there is some potential here for a story about astral projection and revenge and maybe like being against the military complex. I don't know, but I could not find it in the pieces that were there and I just gave up. So I just, I tried, I couldn't do it. Yeah. My, my notes are literally probably this season's not worth rewriting. Just drop it. There's a good story in there somewhere, but trying to find it is probably more work than it deserves. Yeah, and I spent a lot of time trying because I was like, it really has so it to sounds be like some you way. lived what I assumed. <laughs> I lived your comment because I spent a lot of time thinking it over and trying to come up. And I re-listened to our episode and I was like, well, what could we maybe change or move around? Yeah, I just couldn't do it. So yeah, this episode, if I had my way, I would just drop it. If I was going to rewatch season three with some friends, I'd be like, let's skip this one. It's not worth it. So well, also, it's a it would be a very hard episode to write from a non-ableist point of view as well. And I think that's, that another, that's another big issue because the, in my head, the way I kept thinking about it, again, you have not watched the Venture Brothers, but there is a villain called Phantom Limb and he looks like he has no arms and legs, but he does. They're just like invisible. Okay. And then, and then he can like shoot electricity through them. So like when he uses them, there's like lightning bolts, like they kind of like glow, but like, it looks like he is like a quadruple amputee. But then he's like, he can walk, right? Because it's like he's like floating kind of thing. And so I'm like, you know, would you do something like that where like you didn't have the limbs, but you had like, you literally had like phantom limbs, like if like whether it would be like some kind of a, like ecto thing where like they would form and then they would go back away. Like they were like, you know, some kind of like ectoplasm forming or where they were like psychic or whatever. But then it's like, but then like, it's just a really hard balance to be like, not just 
ableist of like, oh, yeah, well, you have to have arms and legs to make it be worth anything in life. Right. Yeah. That's another yeah. angle, too, that makes it really hard. And it's hard yeah. to like get around that because like we did see amputees in the episode who were definitely better adjusted and fine uh repo hated but like we didn't spend a lot of time with them either so yeah Yeah. i don't know yeah it's it's a mess yeah anyway just skip it we don't need it it's not we can skip it yeah nothing good happens it's fine yeah then we have episode eight obliette yay yeah again this episode was so good like i wouldn't really change anything i mean again the one thing i had was at the end i would have loved if maybe lucy hadn't died if she had maybe come to the brink and then been able to come back or you know made some kind of choice in the matter we don't really know if she made a choice or if it just sort of happened to her but either way i think it works really well the episode is really good and that's i bumped it up a point too because again i think i was just being stingy so that's why it got that little boost for me yeah yeah so we both I mean, I gave, you gave it a seven, I gave it eight, and then you bumped up to an eight. So it ended up with mm-hmm. an eight straight across. So, yeah. yeah. No, I actually don't have anything on this episode. Yeah. It's a good one. I think it was it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that end thing. We talked about that a lot in the episode. About, like, we did. She, and that's the thing is, like, every all my quibbles are just, we we already discussed them. So you have you, you, if you have not heard them, you can go back and listen to that episode. And you can, we, we talk about it at length. So Yeah. We have to balance the choices of whether the original episode is going to suck or whether this is going to suck. So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, if the I, the season is good, that's less content here. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad the season was good. This is definitely in my memory. This is my favorite season of the X Files, and I think that will probably hold. We'll see, obviously, as we go along. But it's that just does good. seem to be the general consensus yeah the x-files does become more popular in seasons four and five but most things i've actually been doing a lot of reading like long form reading about like which is kind of unfortunate the one thing i mentioned earlier the, the book that i've been reading he also has no qualms about just dropping shit that happens like three four five six years later into the middle of something even though this is technically about like season three they'll drop mm-hmm. like season seven season nine stuff just so right in the middle in your lap and you're like oh thanks okay cool spoilers yeah <laughs> so but it does seem like the general consensus and especially in that one and then other ones i've read and it makes sense too because it's the same thing we talked about with um with ratings that's why we stopped doing ratings on these episodes like the the television ratings not our ratings is that the popularity in seasons four and five was almost like a carryover from what season three did and then mm-hmm. it's, it's like a you know people coming into it because of that and then it slowly you know because it doesn't it's not a real-time thing so yeah it's like oh that was really good i'm gonna jump into the next one kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah so then we have another two-parter i guess technically our first two-parter if we're thinking that blessing away and paperclip really a continuation from season two yeah they're actually part of a three-parter so yeah <laughs> Yeah, we so, get our first contained two-parter. Yeah, Nisei and seven thirty-one. Yeah, where Mulder orders an alien autopsy tape, and it triggers a whole thing. Yeah, and Scully learns more about her implant, and yeah, it's good. I mean, it's I, for what it is. I think it's solid. No, interesting too. That I think about it now because we have the autopsy tape in this one that Mulder orders, and then in Jose Chung. We have another autopsy tape hosted by the suspended Yappy, 
which actually has Mulder and Scully in it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we have another alien autopsy video. I mean, alien autopsy was very big in the zeitgeist at this time, right? In I know. It's just weird because now so. we have we have two we have two competing ones in the X Files universe. Mm-hmm. One, well, is, one they know for sure is fake. Yeah, and one is real, although whether it's a real alien or not is questionable. Yeah, so it's interesting. I had not, I did not put that together when we talked about Jose Chung that we'd already <laughs> seen of alien autopsy video. Yeah, that Mulder ordered for like twenty nine ninety five plus shipping. Plus shipping. Plus shipping. Because that's how you used to get things. You didn't used that's to get to go get on Amazon. You had to like order it from an infomercial, and mm-hmm. it would come in six to eight weeks. Yeah, it was probably like five ninety five or nine ninety nine or something like that for shipping. I imagine mm-hmm. so way yeah. more than it would cost to ship it. Actually, oh yeah, totally. So, because they probably shipped it media mail, which is super cheap, and they still charge you like priority mail prices. It's a scam. Anyway, so do you have any nope, new those knowledge? Are my thoughts. Nope. Okay. I have two. One is that the not redheaded man, the redheaded man, even though he's not redheaded, they totally wasted him. I think he was probably the most interesting character in that two-parter, and then they just killed him. Mm. I would have liked yeah, to that's see fair. him more. I would have liked to see more of him. Um, I have some further ideas about him that we will talk about later. He will come back, but that's all I'm going to say for now. And then I had this. So in the episode, the understanding is that Zama has gone rogue, right? Uh Because they did the whole like, you know, Nazi thing with blessing away and paperclip, right? The Nazis were doing all this kind of stuff. And then now we're basically doing the same thing, except now it's not Nazis. Now it's the Japanese who are doing this thing. It's kind of a little racist, but okay, whatever. Um, because I'm like, wouldn't they have all, like he says, like they were all working together after the war. So then why is suddenly like, and if Zama went rogue, but he'd been working on this project for nearly 40 to 50 years for the U.S. government, why would all his contacts only be other Japanese people? Again, it seems well, a I racist, but I, no, I, no, I think that that is actually specifically because he was working with the U.S. government and he wanted to take his findings to Japan. So, that's and why that's why he was, was trying okay. to go to Canada. So it was the nationalism thing okay. because he was. So that's literally what he was doing is he had worked with the U.S. and he was stealing that information now and trying to get it to Japan and take it from the U.S., which is why he had gone rogue. Which okay. is why all his associates were Japanese, probably Japanese nationals who he was working with to get it, you know, over to that country. Okay. Because they were trying to get it up to Canada and stuff. I mean, I did learn that they're basically going to rehash this entire thing again. And I don't know if it's season four or if it's season five but with Russians, where Russians are also doing the same thing. So, I guess yeah, that the whole nationalism thing going on. Well, I, Russians are doing sense. similar, similar yeah. things. Yeah, it's not so. exactly the same, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of, oh uh, yeah, the whole that bit was kind of like okay, but that does, I guess that does explain it. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like well, cause we did the whole German thing, and then it's like now everyone, everyone is Japanese, and then next mm-hmm. we're gonna do it, and everyone's gonna be Russian. And it's kind of yeah. like. Okay. I'm not saying there's not racism involved, but I'm just saying like yeah. there isn't. There's no. a reason for that. The reason was that he was trying to get it to no, his country and, and, and nationalism it. is a thing. Obviously, all yeah. after the after World War II, we have a Cold War, right? And all the countries are kind of trying to do their own thing. So mm-hmm. it just seemed yeah. weird because it was 
he was working but yeah i guess if he was going rogue then obviously he's going rogue he's no longer with the u.s and so like you said he's trying to take that information back to the japanese so yes he would be connecting with japanese people okay all right all right yeah because sometimes i just we just need to talk about it and yeah i mean i'm the same way sometimes i'll think of something and i'm like wait that doesn't make sense and you're like no no it does because of this and i'm like oh yeah okay We have episode 11, because yep, obviously episode 9 and 10 were a two-parter. So yeah, Revelations. Scully gets her groove back and saves a kid. And the kid can like project himself, which I still don't understand, but we talked about in the episode. By location. <laughs> By locate. Yeah, again, I don't have anything to add. I'm not doing what well. I've got a couple things coming up, but not a ton. I told you, not a ton. Revelations where Scully gets her groove back and is on a mission from God, basically. <laughs> the implication. Yeah. Is. She just needs to wear sunglasses and <laughs> <laughs> sunglasses at night. Yeah. Anyway. She is, she, is cho- she is the chosen one to save the mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one. So I gave it a seven, which is actually pretty good. But I feel like it should be higher. But it feels like there's something missing. And I don't know what's missing. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is that's missing is what's keeping it from being better than I think it should be. I agree because I was looking at my ratings and this is one that I considered bumping up. But then for the same reason, like it does feel like something's missing, but I can't put my finger on what or how to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Maybe it's because like stigmata is kind of like an old school kind of thing. And so maybe that's some of me, like we're doing old school stuff and some kind of like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and so like, I want to like it more. Maybe that's, how, but it, it does feel like there's just something, but I can't tell you what it is. I don't, I don't know what's missing, but there's something missing from this episode. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's still yeah. a seven. Seven's pretty good. Yeah. So. I rated it a six. I feel good about that. And again, I thought about raising the rating, but like, I think it is solidly a six for me, but it is a, it's a good solid episode. It does what it wants to do. It does it well. There's that end. That's a little preachy, but, or a little, maybe not preachy, but a little bit like, you know, okay, we get it. You don't need to, you don't need to tell us. Oh, that's right. It ends God's talking and people aren't listening that part. Oh, maybe I would change, I but I mean, otherwise I think that. it's solid. That's right. I forgot that. I blanked that out of my brain. I forgot about it. <laughs> I love how you've just blocked all this. You're like, you know what? I didn't like it. I blocked it out. That is a healthy coping strategy for any kind of fandom, to be honest. So good for you. You and Donnie faster. <laughs> uh, who? <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. He's going to come back. And that is going to, I'm just going to have to face my demons when he comes back. But yeah. I, I keep referencing this book. I've been reading it. And so it's, it's in my brain. It's called Opening the X Files, a Critical History of the Original Series they talk with Frank Spotnitz and he mentions that on like a 24 season episode, like you just know that like three or four of them are going to suck. And then like three or four are going to be, it's a bell curve, like three or four are going to be hot. And then like three or four are going to suck. And then the rest are going to be like, eh, they're fine. So yeah. You just have to accept that. And so, I mean, as someone who watches a lot of TV and who watched a lot of TV in the nineties and two thousands, when seasons were longer, don't get those long seasons as much anymore. But I feel like that's definitely true. Like you're going to have some that are just like, eh, that was kind of a clunker, but it happens. And I guess that's something that maybe has finally come around 
we talked about this way back when we were talking about like how they were just having trouble keeping up with the episode, like the speed of how many episodes just put out. And so I was like, well, why wouldn't you like work, like move all your production like further ahead? So you weren't running into these deadlines all the time. Right. And this is something similar where like, if you realize that, like if you, if you have to do this many per season, maybe do less, <laughs> and they'll be better. <laughs> and so it seems like maybe, that has actually become a thing where people are realizing that and that's what they're doing. So that, in a way yeah, good. So. I think there's a good balance. I think we've gone too far in that. We're just going to do six to 10 episodes direction. I think there's an argument to be made for having those wacky episodes that happen because you have to fill space. And I think that makes a lot of shows really good. I think some of the X-Files episodes that are kind of weird are the best ones. I tend to love the weird episodes and so i think having things super tight is not necessarily the best solution but i think shorter seasons overall like maybe 12 to 15 episodes is probably the sweet spot where you have room for some of those wild antics and weirdness and character development episodes that are kind of off the rails but you still get to tell your whole story arc yeah because i guess what we've basically turned to is if we're putting them out as limited series and so you get like a six eight episode season that tells a story. And right. That's a tight next, thing, but there's the no room for those. And so you, you lose the one shots is what you lose. Right. If we're using you lose like the one shots, you lose the weird yeah. ones. You lose like the, I mean, mythic quest is a weird show about these people who make a video game and in the middle of season one, and it's not a long season. I think it's only 10 or 11 episodes, but in the middle of season one, there's just this episode called dark, quiet death, which is, totally different than the rest of the series it has different characters it tells a different story it tells a story about a video game that was made in the 90s before mythic quest came along and it does relate to it in terms of they use the same building <laughs> and thematically there's some stuff that's similar but like the tone is different the actors are different everything about it it's a different game and it's so good it's one it's literally the best episode of that series and it wouldn't happen if you didn't have room to like play around a little i think with your story and so i think being able to play around with stuff is a good thing and we shouldn't lose that but because i i'm a monster of the week girl i say this all the time i like monster of the week i like the weird stuff i don't i get tired of the overarching arc if it goes on too long without a break and so i think sometimes yeah. we need those. i breaks. think what that requires and i and i think maybe that's like you said maybe they've gone too far or like they accepted something and then got locked into a new paradigm because right. I think we got locked into this thing where it's like, okay, no, we're do we're doing we're doing story arcs, and they're all gonna be six, or they're all gonna be eight, and it's like next one's gonna be six, the next one's gonna be six, and you you get you get locked into a new structure, right? And so yeah. now you're you're and you're, there's uh, no room for that weirdness or that yeah. playing around, yeah, yeah. So that's just that's a complaint I have with television. So yeah, for me, the sweet spot is a few more, but I do agree that 24, 25 is kind of a lot for a season mm -hmm. and you are going to end up with some of those. Yeah. Well, I mean, they moved down because then I think it became the standard was 22. Mm -hmm. And then I think and then it it'll get 20, much shorter. And yeah. then, yeah. So anyway, so then we have War of the Coprophages, which my one big thing that I don't think I mentioned, or maybe we kind of brushed over it because there was a lot to say at the end. I feel like this is the one episode where showing the monster at the end would have worked. Like X-Files sometimes does that and you're like, eh, didn't need it. But I think this one, if they had just gone into the factory and we had seen like a metal cockroach crawl out of the muck 
or something, that would have been a good like stinger on the end. And I wish they had done that because I feel like we kind of dropped the plot. Like there's a lot going on in there, but like, I don't know. I would have liked something like that to say, hey, the whole thing. They kind of completely forget about the whole metal cockroach thing. Right. Which is why I think they should have just because that would have said like, okay, maybe there was like an organic cockroach and people were just freaking out because I mean, the whole point is that there was no threat. Right. But they did find a metal cockroach though. So, I mean, I feel like that could have still been there and I wish they had maybe done something with that at the end to say, Hey, maybe this isn't wrapped up or maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Cause Mulder gets the abrasions from the metal Mm -hmm. therapist, right. The, the exoskeleton and then Bambi finds the genitalia, which apparently looks like circuit, or something right it looks like a microprocessor and so it's like okay well there's something going on and then and then it just becomes like oh well cockroaches what are you gonna do like it's like that all disappears and at the yeah end. Like, so all i would just like just to call back at the yeah. end i think that would have helped it a little bit yeah i actually literally have nothing about this one i am i admit i was i was going back through and at the beginning we did the numbers and I was kind of like, oh, I, I moved it from a three to a four. Even that might be a little stingy. <laughs> yeah, I kind of worry my five is a little stingy because it's not. I got, I admit it. It did irritate me. And it's just, and that's just a thing that he does. Darren Morgan, the whole War of the Worlds thing and how everything had to then be a War of the Worlds thing with him. It just became like, okay, oh, fine. But like, you don't have to beat me over the head with it. Do it better. Yeah, but I mean, you know, War of the Worlds better too. Whereas I think a lot of people may have only gotten one or two of those things. You know what I mean? And so, well, and, well, and that's the thing. That's that's the trouble I have with homages because in my in my brain, if you're doing an homage or something like that, or you're making references to something, you're doing it with the assumption the audience is going to get it. And so, if you do it so many times then you're assuming the audience is getting it every time. And it's like, oh, and if you're doing it in the hope that no one is going to know about it, then in a way you're stealing. So it's like, where, where do you fall? Well, I mean, I don't think they expect no one to know. I think they're just putting in references and hoping you'll get one or two of them. And obviously some people are going to catch all of them. And that's, that's the point it's made for those people who want to be like oh i caught that one oh i get that oh i get that reference i get that reference where you know you get the reference the first time and then you're tired of it whereas a lot of people think that's fun and there are gift sets that show like you know oh here's the the war of the worlds references in this episode and people like that stuff so it just depends on where you stand on that i think Hmm. okay but I do think the episode is pretty run of the mill, middle of the road. So that's why I kept the five rating. Okay. Then we come to Syzygy. Yeah. And like I said, when we were talking about the ratings, I felt bad for docking at the point for the cat, even though I sad about the fictional cat. And I know the real cat was fine and was not hurt in any way. I can't believe I forgot about the cat. So I gave it a point back. I bumped it back up to an eight. But also don't let your cats outside. Like don't they they don't need to be outside. Anything you've heard about how your cats can't live a full happy life if they're not putting themselves in mortal danger outside chasing birds and ruining the local ecosystem is a lie. Your cats are fine. Get them a cat tree and some toys and keep them in. It's better for them, it's better for you. 
just don't let them outside. And then no weird Satanist can get them and hurt them. So, hey, bonus. Honestly, not only did I forget about the cat, I forgot about white completely. (laughs) Detective white. (laughs) Which is funny because, one, she was kind of attractive. And then, two, that scene with her and Mulder in the motel room was one of the better scenes in the episode, especially with the musical timing and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, her taking the swig and be like, I feel weird. And like that's all coming back. I forgot all about all of that. That is insane. <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. I did in that episode when we started. I kind of teased something that was like a link to Fearful Symmetry, which is actually a season two episode. And then I said, "Well, maybe I'll save that for our for our season." Oh wrap yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then I forgot what it was. Oh, no. But then I remembered before we did this, so I have it. So here we go. So again, this is not really about syzygy, but I mentioned that I had a syzygy with fearful symmetry. And it's kind of a joke because obviously syzygy is a linking up of stuff. And then symmetry is also like, you know, you know, balance and that kind of stuff. So it was one of those kind of things. That's why that's where the connection came from. But so in fearful symmetry, we have zoo animals and we have aliens. Mm-hmm. So in that way, and this was something that we were doing at the time that we were doing Fearful Symmetry, it's sort of similar to the third episode of Cole Check the Night Stalker. They have been, they are, they will be, mm-hmm. which dealt with aliens and did involve some zoo animals. It did, yeah. Did not, who basically, well, I guess in the Fearful Symmetry, the zoo animals also did not fare very well. So... They sadly did not fare as well in cold check either. Mm-hmm. So Justice League Unlimited also has an episode entitled Fearful Symmetry. Oh. Okay. Because it is, it's from the poem, right? Right. So, yeah. That episode is not about zoo animals or aliens, but it does include a character who is a reporter. His name is Jerry, and his character model is based on Carl Kolchek. Hat, the jacket, the tie, kind of got that thing. If you've ever seen, there are two versions of this floating around. And I was looking for it because I was going to link to it. I could not find the one that I want, but I have seen it. And I know I have sent it to you, Tori, where Uh I did the Scooby-Doo movies. They always had like the guest star, like in a little circle and show it. And so someone made a fake one that was like Scooby-Doo and Kolchek. The one that you will usually see is actually just an image of Darren McGavin, like a live one. But mm-hmm. there is one where they use the character of Jerry in that. So it looks like an animated person is what matches. Oh, that's thing. cool. And so there's that. And then that makes me think that if they ever actually do an animated Shaggy, Scooby, and Castiel series, which is what we talked about really needs to exist. There needs to be a cartoon that's just Shaggy, Scooby, and Castiel that they could then have Kolchak guest star in that show <laughs> before they spin him off into his own series because they already have the character model. So there boom. you go. There you go. Because as I mentioned in our Kolchak wrap up on our Patreon, which actually will not have happened yet because we're still doing Kolchak in the Patreon, but we've already recorded the wrap up <laughs> we record ahead that I think an animated Kolchak would be the way to go to reboot the series because yeah you've already got the character model you just need to write it properly and then you need to get the right voice actor and boom you're done mm-hmm. boom. royalty checks right here send them to me you know dm me i'll give you my address you can send me the checks <laughs> so 
that is the way to go. I do have something about Syzygy, though. And again, this relates to our Patreon. You guys really need to listen to our Patreon, honestly. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff on there. I mean, really, we're cranking out we're, the content yeah. I mean, we're there. doing you two should... episodes a week on Patreon. You we're should check it out. You really should. So, yeah. Just just for a month. Just check it out. See what you... Check it out. Yeah, we did not know about the Jupiter effect when we recorded Syzygy. But now mm. we do, thanks to our search for earthquakes. So. Oh, yeah. For our In Search of episode where we... Go in search of earthquakes, because that's something you want to do. Yeah. So if you want to hear more about the Jupiter effect, you know what to do. That's where you can find it. Yeah. Links in the show notes. So, (laughs) yeah. So that said, I think this is a good time for us to break for our two-parter. Two parts, just like your favorite X-Files episodes. Yeah. Which means, you know, 40% more of you will listen to this one than we'll listen to the next episode. (laughs) So, okay, fine. Which the next one, I actually have something. I actually have something in the next one. So oh, see, in. there you go. Boom. Okay, there's, 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 that'll get you. All right. Tori has something, finally. Absolutely. You guys have been listening like for an hour. Tori has had nothing. I have not had very much because, again, we already covered this and I felt like I did a really good job of consolidating my thoughts in the actual show. Yay. Again, less efficiency in the real episodes, please. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're going to wrap it up. We will come back. Starting with episode 14 next time. And then we'll also have our end of discussion. That we yeah, do our as overall season talk. We have our little questions we ask each other. Yeah, so. We talk about like what's overrated, what's underrated, that kind of thing. So if you want to argue with us, tune in next week. Yeah. All right. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. That's right. We made this. And be sure to join us next time for season three. Terminus, part two. As we try to figure out if If the the truth truth is is still still out there. there. The truth is what we make of it. Come back okay. to part two. You can bring the energy and uh, we'll do it. Welcome back to our season three wrap up of the X-Files. That did sound right. Season three. <laughs>